Welcome to another edition of Life Insurance HQ, the podcast. Today is November 30th, 2022. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us. Hopefully everyone had a great Thanksgiving and is back at work. Uh, In today's podcast, we're going to talk about life insurance policy writers. We're going to go into how they work, some of the things they do, and when it might make sense to use them. Now, please remember that every individual situation is different. The content of this podcast is purely informational informational, and should not be relied upon for your own personal situation. We recommend you work with a licensed professional to discuss your individual needs. If you're interested in scheduling a conversation with us, please visit us at our website at miracleco.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-L-E-C-O.com. Or you can always email us at info at miracleco.com. So let's just jump right into it. What are life insurance policy writers? Life insurance policy writers are essentially add-ons to a life insurance policy prior to that policy being issued. Now, the best way to think of a writer is like an option for your car. You have a base model, and then for an additional cost, you can add options to that vehicle. Those options may include an upgraded stereo, navigation system, leather interior, etc. So, riders, life insurance policy riders are simply options that you can add to a life insurance policy. Generally speaking, you can't add these options onto the policy after the policy has been purchased. And so you generally need to evaluate those prior to a new policy being issued and make a decision as to whether or not you want to include any, all, or none of the life insurance policy riders. So policy riders can be added to term or permanent life insurance policies. Depending on the product, the carrier, the state the policy will be issued in um, will determine what riders may or may not be available to the policy owner. Um, Now, again, it's important to note that policy owners are not able to add riders once the policies have been issued, and they must be added prior to coverage being placed in force. In addition to all this, similar to a car option, each rider will have a different cost. There are some riders that won't have any initial cost that might have a cost if used. There are some that really don't have any. And then there's others where you will have to pay uh, for the ability to include that writer on the policy. And that's just an add-on to whatever the premium is for the amount of coverage and type of coverage you're, you're considering purchasing. Now, we've narrowed it down to you know, five of what we consider to be some of the more common policy writers. This is not all of the writers, but in some cases on certain policies, they may be, maybe a portion of this list may be available, maybe all of it. It just, again, depends on the product, carrier, and state. So the first one is the disability of uh, the disability waiver of premium. Now, it's important to note that Different carriers will use different terminology for some of these riders, 
but in essence, they all function in a very similar way. So the first one, again, being disability waiver of premium rider, uh, which can also be called waiver of premium rider um, in, in, in other different creative terms that, that some of these carriers come up with. Um, and so it's important to note that. And in addition to understanding each of these writers, you should also, and it's important to do this, to take the time to educate yourself on how each carrier and product defines the writer and what requirements may be needed to become eligible to use the writer. And so again, that's going to vary from policy to policy. So it's important that not only do you take the information we're about to provide you with today, but take that and understand what it means to a policy you may be considering. So what the disability waiver premium writer does is it waives your premium when a non-pre-existing injury or sickness prevents you from being able to work. Most carriers require that the insured be totally disabled in order to receive benefits. So it's going to be more of a long-term type of disability scenario where you're unable to go back to work for what might be considered a rather significant period of time. Now, with most carriers, the actual rider will expire at a certain age, typically age 60 or age 65, which are you know, more or less traditional retirement ages, the thought process being, well, if you're not working and you become disabled, well, then there's really no disability claim here. And so there, there also may be limits on how much monthly or annual premium the insurance company will waive. Uh, in most cases, the, the insurance carrier will waive premiums until the insured either recovers or the policy terminates, whichever uh, occurs first. Now, the in order to be eligible to receive benefits under the disability waiver premium rider, you'll need to confirm some type of physical impairment or disability. Um, this can be done by providing a, a doctor's statement that says, yeah, hey, they're disabled and or a notice from the Social Security Administration. Now, in some cases, there may also be a waiting period of six months before eligible benefits go into effect. Sometimes those get reimbursed once the claim has been filed and approved. Um, and there definitely is a cost for this writer. And the cost will vary from product to product. Uh, again, prior to adding this uh, life insurance policy writer, it's important to understand how the policy defines it, what events trigger it, what the requirements are. Um, it also may make sense to evaluate an individual disability insurance policy in lieu of the waiver premium writer just because the definitions of disability tend to be a little bit different, typically a little bit more advantageous under a, a, an individual disability policy than under a disability waiver of premium. Um, and then in addition, there may be a period of time that has to pass prior to you becoming eligible to exercise the waiver of premium. So you, the coverage might have to be enforced for two years or five years or whatever the situation is. The second most common uh, policy writer is what we refer to as the accelerated death benefit writer. And in most of the cases we've seen over the past couple of years, this is just an add-on to the policy. There's generally no co cost to it. And what it does is it accelerates the receipt of the death benefit 
while the insured is alive. And typically what it does is it makes available a certain percentage of the death death benefit up to a maximum amount for the policy owner to use while they're living in situations where they have a life expectancy of 12 months or less. So essentially terminally ill. If the insured has a life expectancy of 12 months or less, they'll be able to access up to, again, a specified percentage of the policy death benefit up to a maximum amount on a tax-favored basis. Now, to better understand this, uh, we're going to use two examples. Now, each example assumes the policy owner can access up to 50% of the death benefit during their lifetime, up to a maximum amount of $1 million. So let's say we have a policy owner who has a policy with a million dollar death benefit. They're going to be able to access up to 50% of the death benefit as an accelerated benefit. And in this situation, it's pretty simple. They would be able to access $500,000 as an accelerated benefit. Now, the remaining $500,000 plus any or or less any interest or fees is going to be paid to the beneficiaries upon the death of the insured. Now, under scenario two, we're going to assume that instead of having a $1 million policy, we actually have a $5 million policy. since. The max death benefit we're using that the policy owner is going to be able to access is one million. Then the policy owner will only be able to access up, able to access one million, and not fifty percent or two and a half million dollars of the death benefit. And so then, in this situation, the beneficiaries would receive the remaining four million less any interest or fees um, at the insured's death. Any accelerated benefits received by the policy owner are typically not subject to federal taxes, um, and benefits can be used to help pay medical bills, hospice care, nursing home care, etc. The death benefit is then reduced by the amount of the accelerated death benefit received, leaving uh, whatever death benefit remains to the policy beneficiaries. Currently, there aren't any costs typically included with this type of rider. Um, However, if put into effect, there may be a minimal administrative fee that is incurred. Um, the third writer we're going to talk about is a real interesting and unique one, and it's a long-term care writer. Um, and long-term care writers have become increasingly popular over the past several years. And the reason for this is traditional long care policies, uh, carriers are able to increase premiums Uh, as frequently as on an annual basis. Typically, that's not the case, but it can happen. Um, So a life insurance policy with a long-term care writer can provide more cost stability um, in terms of securing a long-term care benefit. The other thing that's great about using a life insurance policy with a long-term care benefit is, let's say we never need to access the long-term care benefit Well, under a traditional long-term care policy, it worked a lot like a car insurance policy. Uh, You had it, great. You never used it. And any premium uh, you paid into the policy went to the benefit of the insurance carrier. With a life insurance uh, policy with a long-term care writer, if you don't use any of your benefit, then the entire death benefit gets transferred to your beneficiaries. So 
Now, a long-term care writer is also another form of an accelerated death benefit writer in that it provides a benefit prior to the death of the insurer. The, the difference between a long-term care writer and accelerated benefit writer is the insured is not required to have a life expectancy of 12 months or less in order to be eligible to receive benefits. In order to qualify for benefits, though, the insured must require the assistance with two of six activities of daily living, also known as ADLs, or have a severe cognitive impairment. It's very important to understand that you look at the policy you're considering to understand how they define eligibility for this, for receiving benefits under this writer. Activities of daily living include the following, eating, bathing, dressing, continence, mobility, and being able to go to the bathroom. In addition, prior to receiving access to benefits, the insured must satisfy a waiting period or, or an elimination period. And that period is typically 90 days. Some policies allow you to choose a period that's shorter or a period that's longer. 180 days, 30 days, zero days, you know, the shorter the elimination period, the higher the premium is going to be. The longer the elimination period, the lower the premium is going to be. Um, when the policy is initially applied for, the policy owner will generally have the option to choose what percentage of the death benefit they want to be able to access on a monthly basis in the event that they qualify for long-term care benefits. Now, generally, the percentage will be 1%, 2%, or 4% of the initial face amount. The length of the monthly benefits will be based on the percentage of death benefit you are accessing, accessing in the total initial death benefit. So as an example, let's, let's assume you choose a uh, long-term care writer with a 1% monthly benefit on a $1 million policy you'd be able to access $10,000 per month of long-term care benefits. Now, based on this and having a million-dollar policy, you would be able to access $10,000 per month for 100 months or just over eight years. Now, let's say instead of electing a 1% monthly benefit, we took the same policy and we chose the 4% monthly benefit. Well, in that case, instead of being able to access $10,000 per month, you would be able to access up to 40,000 per month. And assuming you hit that 40,000 per month every month, you would only have access to benefits for 25 months and not 100 months. So when it comes to the long-term care writer, there are generally two ways carriers will treat how benefits are received. The first is reimbursement and the second is an indemnity benefit. Reimbursement simply reimburses you for any long-term care expenses you incurred up to the maximum monthly amount. So if we elected the 1% uh, benefit in this example or the $10,000 and we had long-term care expenses of $12,000, well, the carrier will only provide you a benefit for the $10,000 and then you'd need to pay the additional 2000 out of pocket. Conversely, if you had $5,000 of monthly long-term care expenses and you have access to a $10,000 monthly uh, uh, benefit in a reimbursement plan, you would only be reimbursed for the $5,000.
under indemnity plan, the benefits are paid out for the entire amount on a monthly basis, regardless of the long, what expenses are incurred. And indemnity policies will typically be more expensive than reimbursement policies. Now, what's what's good to know under the reimbursement option, if you don't exceed the maximum monthly allowance because your expenses are below them, you're not losing those benefits. They simply get added back to the policy at the end of it. So instead of having access to say 100 months of benefits at 10,000, we may have access to 101 months. Whatever amount we didn't use gets added back onto the end of the policy. So, and, and like the accelerated death benefit writer, any remaining death benefit will go to the policy beneficiary. So if you never use it, in this example, our beneficiaries will get a million. If we use 10 months or 100,000, our beneficiaries will end up with $900,000. So it's a very unique writer. Um, it's one that makes sense for a lot of people to consider when they're considering permanent life insurance. But it's also one that, again, you need to understand how it works, what the requirements are, how benefits will be received, et cetera, et cetera, prior to finalizing coverage. Um, our fourth our fourth writer that we're going to talk about is the overloan protection writer. Now, the overloan protection writer is not going to apply to everybody. But what it does is it, it can be valuable for policy owners who are anticipating using policy loans to fund future needs. Uh, this, this is most common in policies that are being overfunded to provide some form of supplemental retirement income at some point in the future. And it's important if you're if you're considering doing this to um uh, if you're considering overfunding a life insurance policy, it's important to see if the carrier offers an overloan protection rider. Generally, when it's added to the policy, there's no cost until the point at which the overloan protection rider goes into effect, which we'll talk a little bit more about uh, later on. So when overfunding a life insurance policy, the policy owner is typically going to take a distribution from the policy in the future. This may be a series of distributions. It may be a lump sum distribution. It doesn't matter. Um, these, gen these types of distributions are gen generally treated as a combination of withdrawals and policy loans. Policy loans uh, are not taxable to policy loaner, to the policy owner as long as the coverage continues to remain in force. Eventually, the loans are repaid at death using the life insurance policy's gross death benefit, and the beneficiaries will generally receive the death benefit net of any policy loans. So there are situations, however, where policy loans are so significant it may cause the coverage to lapse. And when this occurs, the policy owner is going to be responsible for paying ordinary income taxes on any distributions that were received above their policy basis. In these situations, um, the overloan protection writer prevents the policy from lapsing when the loan exceeds a certain percentage of the policy cash value. So when the, and then when the overloan protection writer is exercised, there's typically a one-time writer charge that is applied to the policy that covers all future charges. This charge is taken from the policy and does not require the policy owner to come out of money, uh, out of pocket with any money. It's done internally within the policy. Um, and what this does, it allows the policy to remain in force until the insured passes away. 
thereby avoiding any taxation resulting from an over-leveraged policy lapsing. It's important to note here that there are certain requirements that must be met in order to be eligible to uh, execute the overloan protection rider. Typically, the policy will need to have been enforced more, for more than 10 or 15 years. The loan balance will need to exceed a certain percentage of the policy's account value, typically 85 or 90 percent or more. Um, and so those are things to consider. But in situations where, again, you're considering overfunding a life insurance policy for future income, it makes sense to go with a policy that includes an overloan protection writer feature. And again, there's no cost to adding it. There's only a cost when the overloan protection writer is exercised and goes into effect. Now, the fifth and final writer that we're going to talk about today is a no-lapse guaranteed writer. And what the no-lapse guaranteed writer is designed to do is it's designed to keep a life insurance policy from lapsing if the cash value of the policy were to reach zero on a universal life policy. Now, historically, many carriers have offered a no-lapse guaranteed universal life insurance policy. And over time, we've seen some carriers transition from doing that to adding this as a rider to an existing current assumption universal life policy, essentially making it a no-lapse guarantee policy. Now, the benefit of this rider is it keeps the policy from lapsing regardless of policy performance and current assumptions. However, in order for the writer to, writer to work, the policy owner needs to continue to make premium payments on time. Missing a single premium can result in a forfeiture of this rider. So it's important that if you're going to use this rider, your intention is to continue to be able to fund premiums. Now, there is an additional cost for this benefit, but it can also provide peace of mind that no matter how the policy current assumptions perform, your premium and your death benefit are always going to be there. And so it's something that any advisor should be able to illustrate. It's not a writer that is included on every policy. Um, most current assumption type universal life products uh, will offer guarantees. They just may not offer them beyond a certain age, like 80 or 85 or 90. This writer generally will allow you to have guarantees for the life of the policy, whether you're a hundred and whether you live to 120 or let's just say past age 100. Um, so that's that's another great writer that we like to use uh, in in the right situations. It just takes out any guesswork as to how a policy might perform in the future. You know, these are assets that you're going to own for a significant period of time, at least hopefully, because that means you're, you're still alive. Um, and so it's important. Nobody has a crystal ball of where we're going to be at in 20 years or 30 years, whether we're going to require long-term care, whether we're going to require an accelerated benefit, whether or not we're going to experience a disability that prevents us from working and being able to make premium payments and things like that. And so all these writers are something that you should consider um, when considering acquiring new policies. So, uh, you know, to recap, life insurance policy writers are additional options or add-ons for, for a life insurance policy. Depending on your goals, it might make sense to consider some or all of them provide, uh, prior to securing coverage. There are a number of products that offer additional writers that we haven't even touched on here. 
um, specifically long-term care writers. Some of them will include an inflation agreement, et cetera, et cetera. So there are multiple options that may be out there, again, depending on the carrier and the product. And it's important to, to, to understand how it works. So before you determine if a writer is good for you, make sure you understand how the writer is defined and what requirements must be met prior to be able being able to access either those benefits or exercise that writer in the policy. Once you understand that, you can make the most informed decision for you and your individual situation. As always, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us uh, via email at lihq at miracleco.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-L-E-C-O.com. So again, that email address is lihq at miracleco.com. We want to thank you for joining us. We've got one more podcast that we're going to wrap up before 2022. We hope you join us uh, for that one. And we will look forward to visiting with all of you again in a couple of weeks. All right. Have a great day and uh, enjoy it. We'll talk soon.